everyone. I'm Pastor Joe, and welcome to another episode of Bothell Amplified. Today, I'm joined by Pastor Daniel Cho, pastor of Han United Methodist Church located in New York City. We talk about our identity as Korean Americans and as Christians, and we talk about how our faith informs the open and affirming lens through which we see the world. It's a great conversation, so check it out and hope you enjoy. So, Daniel, it has been a long time since we've actually uh, seen each other with uh, with the pandemic and COVID. Um, but we have been friends for a little while, um, serving on opposite coasts now. And so I'm just wondering, uh, how are things going in light of everything that's happening around us with COVID, with your family? What's been going on? Yeah, it's been a little while, hasn't it? Although it seems like time is just kind of blurred by so I'm losing all sense of what was actually last year as opposed to two years ago. Uh, but we're doing pretty well. My uh, family during the pandemic has grown to five with a third child. So we had a pandemic baby. And then uh, we have been fully remote in our church for over a year now. Uh, it's been it's been an interesting journey because, you know, uh, when we when, when the pandemic hit, we were like ready to kind of uh, do some major reaching out on the ground in New York. And then literally we had like a leadership retreat uh, set up for the week after the lockdown started. <laughs> so then, you know, after that, we had to adjust to like on- online worship and how do we do it? How do we do worship in a way that's actually consistent with the way we've been trying to do it, even when we were physical um, so, you know, we've been doing a lot of Zoom worship and then, you know, we were kind of, we, we, we were kind of worried, but then, um, the interesting thing was that, you know, because we're virtual, we've had a lot of folk who are looking for a church like ours, which I'm sure I'll, I'll share a little bit more about later that, um, that people were a need, needing a space like that. And it just unfortunately doesn't exist in a lot of places. Uh, we've had people from all over, like, California and Texas and Virginia and Illinois, uh, we're, even though we're based in New York. And uh, we've even had somebody uh, from Canada and even Korea. I think it's just been amazing. Yeah. Let's go right into your church. I mean, the church that you get to serve, uh, Han UMC, uh, located in New York. Um, how long have you been there? So I've been there since January of 2019. 2019. Yeah. And I remember actually uh, uh, reading about and hearing about uh, the formation of this church. Uh, I know I know it's been a long process. Yep. What's uh-huh. unique about Han, and, 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 and help me through this, but what, what I know is unique about Han is actually the first uh, Korean American reconciling uh, church uh, in our denomination. And so for, for us, that means that uh, you all uh, have made a public statement to claim and to affirm people of all gender identities and sexual orientations to be beloved children of God with no uh, discrimination against uh, those with different gender identities or sexual orientations. And y'all are uh, predominantly uh, Korean American or Pan-Asian. Is, is that right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's something that I think uh, for, for me, at least growing up, uh, I could never imagine of putting those two identities together. Um, and so, uh, you know, were you, are you the first pastor who served there, I think, right? Um, so, you know, I, I am technically the, the founding pastor, uh, but there were other pastors who were also uh, integral and involved when the lay folk had sort of decided to gather uh, long before there was any sort of pastoral 
um, uh, consideration. Basically, a, a lot of our folk, uh, our uh, original folk, were people who had experienced the good ways of community, right, and the the positives of what a faith community can do to enrich uh, one's life, and yet they also experienced the harm and the toxic parts for some, mm. or uh, whether it's gender related. Uh, or um, things that were harmful, like sexual orientation related. And uh, so, you know, there was a lot of, uh, I think, dissatisfaction with that. But I think even more broadly, too, there wasn't really a, a sense in uh, the at least the Korean American churches that uh, people were part of that it was necessarily open to like genuine doubts and genuine challenges to more traditional theologies or different ways of even understanding scripture or what have you. And so a group of them got together and they happened to be mostly from United Methodist background of some sort, whether working uh, with the denomination or having been part of the denomination as a, as a, as a member. So, you know, I think all of that kind of um, serendipitously really led to this formation of a of a, a more progressive church that was specifically uh, sort of rooted in the Korean history and identity. And I think a big part was just being honest about ourselves. I think that's an important thing to share because, you know, a lot of times, you know, we hear about multicultural churches and, and the reality is that it's not usually an actually multicultural church in terms of like culture and leadership, right? It's, it's sort of a predominant culture and then there's sprinkling of color, right? Yeah. Um, or sometimes even from, you know, knowing, you know, uh, from a Korean American context, right? There's churches that are, that say they're multicultural and they're really just Korean American with the sprinkling of other people, right? Right, 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 right. So for us, it was important to just be like, this is where we're rooted in, but this is what also makes us really open to all because we're not going to hide, uh, we're not going to hide who our identity is or what our identity is, and we're not going to bait and switch you in terms of uh, what's what's here, uh, but we are truly open to all, and so we hope everybody can bring their identities to the to the congregation and. Uh, so that's that's been kind of the approach that was taken, and it, you know it does bring unique challenges because everybody kind of assumes sort of like it's only for Korean sometimes, um, but the the truth is um, it's it's more like a jumping off point, right, rather than like a an end goal. It was just things just kind of aligned, and it really felt like God doing something and uh, connecting um, the congregation and myself, and you know. Good fortune. <laughs> and so there was a, a transition happening all around. And I, I guess part of what I'm curious about as, as we're kind of thinking through how our faith impacts, you know, the ways that we see the world, kind of your own faith journey, because uh, you weren't always a pastor, right? And and, and uh, neither we weren't always pastors. But the idea of how our faith has informed the ways that we see that kind of led you to Han now and this own uh, openness of how you, how God inspires uh, through you and through this church, this uh, idea of openness and reconciliation and, and, and love and affirmation. Where where did that story start with you in terms of your faith journey? So, I, I mean, I, it probably started as a very young kid. I mean, I, I was a pastor's kid, you know, and as 
Uh, as a PK, I feel like my experience might have been slightly different from a lot of other people based on mm-hmm. feedback I've heard from other PKs. Um, <laughs> sure. You know, like, I mean, my, my parents, they're, in some ways, they're very typical, you know, immigrant generation pastor. But in a lot of ways, they were also atypical. Um, you know, like my mom, she was she was probably a lot more open-minded, I think, than a lot of her generation. Although I, I do want to say that I feel like my, our parents' generation was a, was a lot more open-minded than perhaps our generation actually were in some ways. It's just we never got to hear that side of their stories. <laughs> well, and let's talk a little bit about that, right? Like, let's talk about uh, kind of the reasons, because I think that's an interesting uh, dynamic or dichotomy between a uh, Korean Christianity. So Korean from Korea Christianity and experiencing and and this goes kind of right into um, the conversation around uh, how it impacts our life or the lens we see uh, the world through our faith, because uh, for our generation, for many of us who grew up in America with uh, American, uh, Korean American immigrant Christianity or theology, which I, I think we learned a lot more from more conservative and more evangelical uh, denominations, as opposed to in Korea, the, the life situations, right? Uh, uh, poverty, colonization, uh, revolution, uh, and, and all of that, right? And, and so their faith was almost, uh, I mean, not even almost, their faith was intrinsically tied to their survival. Whereas for us as immigrants and our parents' generations who are immigrants here, I think it's a different kind of survival of how do we adapt to a new world as opposed to how's life or death. And so I wonder, you know, uh, think about your parents, like uh, how have they adjusted to Korea? What does that look like? To the U.S.? Oh, to the U.S., yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if other pastors, family experienced a similar thing. Like for my household, this may seem very strange, but like, we I never felt like we were immigrants. Mm. But the reason we didn't really quite feel like immigrants was, I think earlier on, my dad's plan was always to go back to Korea. I don't know if it's because partly of partly that, but I think it's also partly because as a pastor's household, um, we didn't come here for like economic success, right? Like we, mm. my parents' goals were never to like, make a good living to like succeed economically. And so we never had that sort of immigrant experience. And now, you know, I've been told by friends like, well, your, your, your story is also a a, a thread of the immigrant story. So I, I fully acknowledge that, but from myself, for myself growing up, it didn't feel that way. Right. Uh, and I think to talk, but to sort of get to your question a bit, um, they, there was an adjustment here for them, of course. But what's interesting, I think, and this is partly going back even further to your original question about how that's shaped me. Um, my parents were very, they were very, they were kind of fighters. Um, and I say that in, in the sense of like, they they weren't, and maybe again, this goes to like, why I don't necessarily feel like an immigrant in some ways. I don't think my parents ever tried to fit in, right? They're not, that that wasn't their, ever their goal. And it was never their goal for their kids to just fit in. But like my dad, he, I like one memory I have is like, we were at a drive-thru and somebody was like mocking his accent and he just kind of went off on her, her or him. I don't know the, the person, because he's like, you think that's like, do you think that makes sense to make fun of me because of my accent or something like that? Yeah. And I just remember like, I was like, Oh, <laughs> you know, cause 
Yeah, he's 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 not the he wasn't the type to just like take junk from people, you know. Right. So he was he was kind of that type of personality. Uh, my mom, she she didn't seem look like a fighter, but she was like very strong. Uh, I think like one thing that I always share with people about my mom in terms of like this type of uh, this aspect is that um, you know when we were younger, she she was very much. So she was concerned for me that I might get bullied because at home I always seemed so soft-spoken. But, you know, at school I was not really the type to, like... I was neither a fighter nor, like, someone who would, uh, like, be quiet. Uh, But she was worried for me because she thought I was, like, just a very quiet guy. And then um, she basically said, you know, like, uh, if somebody, like, messes with you, you got to fight back. (laughs) And, yeah, and, and she's like... Uh, I, I remember, I don't know if this is all the same incident, but I know she also said at one point, I don't remember the exact words, but she basically said, uh, I think because we responded, but we're Christian. So like, what is that? Okay. And she's like, Jesus said to love everyone, not to like be a doormat for everyone. Right. So that stuck with me. Right. So we just didn't grow up with that sense of like, put our heads down, work hard for whatever. And, uh, you know, that, so we didn't, I didn't really grow up with that. My parents always just kind of let me, actually all of us, do our own things. They never really forced anything onto us. So I think that allowed me to always be, at least for me personally, I don't know about my brothers, but we were always very much free to like have our thoughts yeah, and I think thoughts and like identity, right? Like, I, I mean, what I what I hear about from what you what you share about your mom and your dad is that like they were very comfortable in their own identity. They were they were firm in their identity, and they yes. knew who they were. Um, they knew what they wanted of themselves and of you, uh, which is really interesting too, right? Because as we explore, and you know, this this is being May, uh, Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, and and a lot of conversation has been around the uh, model minority myth, right? As we explore how, especially in light of um, violence against Asian Americans and and Pacific Islanders, and 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 the um, just the perception of of uh, Asian uh, people of Asian descent being um, a quiet submissive you know being able to be walked on right and mm-hmm. and, and easy having targets. Yeah. easy targets exactly and having um uh a, your, your parents affirm in you and say no like we are who we are we're going to claim it and we're gonna uh take that and, and that goes kind of back to like you know, what, what's what han's doing right like you're unashamedly a korean uh started church that is open to all and i think that basis is really there and so what i want to ask you is about uh, about this word han right the like han united methodist church um and and, and and for um, for those uh, who uh, Korean is not their first language, Han is a very unique idea. Uh, I, I don't even know how to describe it. it, it it's it's a, it's a sense of being. Like how how would you uh, describe Han? How would you how would you tell us what that is? Yeah. So um, actually, to tie into your previous question, it's been interesting that um, one of the other things was regarding the identity part. Like I remember distinctly, my mom like ingraining into me is like, you are Korean, you are Korean, like just over and over. Um, so that, I think that definitely did help that I had this strong sense of like who I was. Um, and then, you know, Han, of course, you know, the Korean people are, are Han people. Han, it, it is a, it's a very interesting word in terms of like what you were talking about with like this, this almost, it feels almost indescribable because it, encapsulates so much 
Um, and Han has to do with, you know, this sense of like deep generational, <laughs> like sorrow and trauma and injustice. And um, yeah, and so it, it's something that's very like deeply in, like tied with um, not just like a singular pain, but like something that is just you perpetually live in, 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 in some sense, but it's not just that it's also, there's also actually a sense of like a sense of perseverance, right? Like that word exists because people have persevered through all of yeah, that. That's and good. so, yeah. So, so there's that sense of endurance as well. I think, um, uh, as, as it relates to like suffering and justice and all of that. So that, so when you persevere, there's also a sense of hope, right? And not everybody always jumps to the hope part, <laughs> perhaps, but <laughs> I, th I think whenever people talk about Han, you can't avoid that there's a sense of hope that is intrinsically tied to it because there's no point of talking about it otherwise, right? Um, like, what's the point of talking about oppression if you think that's all there's going to be? So Han is not something that's like um, resigned to what resigned to that injustice resigned to that sorrow it's it's more a matter of um persevering in spite of um the oppression that continues to be ever present so that there, so that's a huge sense i think of our identity which is why we're very passionate about like justice related matters we're, we're not just only into asian identity issues we're not just into lgbtq issues which is a strong part uh we're into like all, all of the above. Like our, our, our mission statement um, is uh, to live out the healing and liberating message of Christ, to queer, to queer the status quo, and to confront all forms of injustice and oppression. And I think we, I feel like as a community, that's something that's a very clear vision for, our clear mission for who we are as a community. And it wasn't just aspirational. It also reflected, I think, a lot of, our folks sort of um, faith inclinations. In yeah, well, and I, I think that's incredibly theological and, and I mean, rooted in our faith because we, we, we turn to often, you know, Jesus preaching the now and not yet, right? And the, the duality of that, right? Like we experience the now and we experience kingdom on uh, kingdom of heaven on earth now and with the hope of this world that God intended uh, that we might live into. And so I think, you know, the whole message, right, of Han and of, of the, the values and mission of your church is so rooted in that understanding of how we can experience and understand and see the world through the lens of injustice, oppression, um, hate, and violence, and, and recognize that that exists, and to name that that's not the end, right? That there's still more to come, and that we get to be partners alongside God in doing that. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, our church in a way, it's like, it's like we say Han as part of who we are, but then because we are a church, it kind of turns it into a sort of eschatological hope, right? Like we're living into something where no longer will we be captive to this perpetual injustice, perpetual sorrow, etc. But rather we're breaking free 
you know, from all that while acknowledging that it's a very real presence. Well, and, and looking at um, eschatology in a worldview of like the world will end someday and then we will have to deal with that. And, you know, as we see this, you know, this world um, and, and we're on opposite coasts and yet, you know, we see in the news and we, we read um, of how um, injustice continues to be prevalent um, through the many ugly forms, right? Through racism, through uh, sexism, through uh uh, anti-LGBTQ uh, measures and, and the trans um, um, bill, anti-trans bills that are happening across the South right now. Um, how, where do you find hope, right? As a, not even just as a pastor, right? As a person of faith, how do you see the world and where do you see hope? I think where I find hope is that the people, there's still people who are doing good. <laughs> mm. You know, there's still people who are fighting on, right? There's a lot of people, Korean or not, right, mm, mm. who who experience something like Han and they still fight, right? They still push on. And why do they do that? You know, I, I think they do it because they are hoping for a better future, not just for themselves, but for whoever is their neighbor, whoever is to come in the future. And so, you know, it's... Ultimately, I think we see a lot of people who truly do care beyond their own being taken care of, right? It's, there is, I think, hope in that uh, people try to provide community for another. Now, do we always get it right? Of course we don't. But I think in, in that striving, in that acting is where I see, see the hope. And so even when... Uh, even when horrible things happen, we see, um, we see people rise up, you know, and in terms of for myself and my own faith, you know, (laughs) if you look at Jesus, he did not succeed, right? Like when he was doing ministry on earth, he, uh, he, he did so well. People were like, let's get rid of the guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, like if if we can find hope after if the disciples can find hope after that, uh, you know, granted they 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 uh, they they had the resurrection to to lean on, but I think we have the resurrection to lean on too, right? Like, there's always a hope of new life, and I feel like I exist because other people's hopes for for new life was came to fruition, right? It's it's it might seem easy to talk about, but the truth is, and you know this probably as well as I do, like being a progressive and particularly LGBTQ affirming pa- pastor in a Korean or Asian community is a pretty uh, provocative um, yeah, place to be yeah, in. Yeah, and uh, and I can't say that it doesn't cause friction, right? Even within my own family, but. Um, but the truth is I don't shy away, not just because my, I have an obstinate personality, which is very much true, (laughs) but, but because I, I really feel convicted that God has been leading us in this way. Right. And who am I to stand in the way of what God is doing? I guess I should say it this way. I know that God is going to keep moving. Right. I know that God is going to bring about good. Um, and my hope is that the church will actually have been a part of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what I'm hoping that as a congregation we're doing, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I think that's a great note to end on. And, um, 
just yeah god is at work and can we get on board and and partner yeah. alongside what god is doing you know i just want to say um as as a fellow korean american and, and and you know we kind of touched on this of not having churches like han growing up to be exposed to different theologies and to experience um uh to to uh see the world through a different lens than what than what we're uh, given um i'm grateful and i'm hopeful for han and for your ministry um, Thank for, you. for my kids even right like I mean, I want them to see uh, not just their dad, who's a pastor, to be like, oh, yeah, he's open and affirming to uh, LGBT uh, siblings um, or to like say, like, oh, yeah, he, he does injustice work. But to see other Korean Americans. Right. And other uh, Korean pastors who are like, oh, yeah, like it's not just us. Right. And that's an experience that like we never got. And so, you know, so for your kids and my like, I'm grateful, <laughs> I think. Uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, continuing the conversation with you. All right. You too, Joe. All right. So thanks for checking out that conversation I had with uh, Pastor Daniel. Um, I love the challenge that he leaves us to uh, live into the now and to uh, see the injustice around us while also looking to the future with hope to uh, be dreaming of and working towards uh, the world that God had intended, one of uh, love and grace and justice and mercy. Thanks for joining us on Bothell Amplified. We're going to do another episode uh, on Saturday, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Subscribe as well. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you then.